Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. The final week of spoopy month. Uh, I've already done my final trip to Horror Nights, and I'm not ready to say goodbye. But if you want to know what Horror Nights is like this year, uh, I posted my highlights for this year already on the Uncharted Media channel. Go check that out. I shot all the stuff in the in the park. I didn't shoot anything in the houses because I'm not going to lug around my big old camera, especially when they tell you not to. You can't really be subtle when you've got a brick shooting everything. Uh, but this year was really, really great year. Um also sad to see a Halloween go because as soon as next week hits back to reality and back to fulfilling promises dark Jar Jar's <laughs> next week just in time for the 200th so uh we all rejoice together in that so I gotta get caught up on the Star Wars prequels and dive into the weird parts of the internet to try and figure yeah. out some facts that support our case that Jar Jar Binks was in fact a Sith Lord, but that's next week. This week, we're finishing up Spoopy Month by talking about kind of a sequel to last week. We're not talking non-horror stuff. We're finishing out strong with horror stuff. The scariest moments in basically horror movie history, or the disclaimer, the scenes that scared us the most, because yeah. I know there's a lot yeah. of scenes that be like, these are iconic scenes. I'm like, sorry, they didn't scare me. So that's <laughs> what we're talking about tonight. Josh, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm chilling like a villain, baby. We are in like my my little area of influence, uh, you know, like actually, <laughs> for those that don't know, I normally like <laughs> record in my brother's room because it's super quiet in there and I can close the door and stuff like that. Uh, well, whole family's gone so we are in we're in my little quote-unquote room today so yeah yeah well it's just we're chilling man it's it's been a good day been a good week so far so uh you watch anything now that your show's done oh yeah so man it, it actually is weird i didn't realize how much of a gap like a like a hole in my life that rigs of power was going to leave <laughs> um but uh like i literally got home a couple days like last week i was like all weekend i was like something just feels off i don't what am I, so I'm missing, yeah. oh, oh yeah, it's because there's no new episode of Rings of Power. Um, and they leave it on a note with this, like, definitely, uh, hey, I, I need more. Um, obviously, that's the point of season two, but still. Um, yeah, actually, this week, I, for some of reason, I couldn't tell you why, but I decided to watch Spirited Away again. Um, I enjoy that movie quite a bit. It's been a while since I watched it. Um, still as good the first time I watched it, loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm not like a huge studio Ghibli kind of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, top tier, it's my favorite stuff. But like, gosh, darn, is there just like, it's just a mood. There's, there's a whole mood that comes with Ghibli. And I just, there, there's very specific times and, you know, during my weeks or I'm just like, you know what? Let's watch a Ghibli movie. Um, I also <laughs> watched the entire fifth season of Samurai Jack. So the, the most recent one that they, they came back to. to they like really, really adult one. Yeah, the really, really adult adult one where like they literally have a man who's got a head the shape of a um, male appendage. Uh, and they Oh, the princess the in the live action Last Airbender. Yes, but yeah, but like, it, it, but then literally, so I was like, oh, that look in my head. I went, oh, that looks like a that looks like a penis. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, and then like the guy, the 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 assassin in the picture looks at the screen and goes, yeah, that looks like a penis. I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. I didn't realize this. That's where the show was. But yeah, it's like super adult. My it was it was fantastic. Great, fantastic way to end the show. Um, yeah, 
Um, next on, I'm probably going to watch uh, Primal, which is done by the same people. Um, and for those that don't, it's like about a caveman whose best friend is a T-Rex. So uh, I'll take that. <laughs> what about you? You watching anything? Uh, I've actually watched quite a bit and I've been playing quite a bit. So watch wise, uh, I watched Josh's favorite movie, or at least movie that he's mentioned on the podcast before. George Clooney's Hail Caesar. Uh, I didn't think what? it was that bad. Uh, it what? also like wasn't hysterically what? funny. Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I was expecting funnier. It's the Coen brothers. Basically, George Clooney's this really famous actor that gets kidnapped by communists. Um, Love it. Here for it. It is fine. Um, there wasn't as many like Hollywood in-jokes as I was expecting, but I think they're supposed to be going for like a stylized version of classic Hollywood, like during the 50s and whatnot. So like hmm. big parties okay. and everything else. It was entertaining. Uh, and on the complete other end of the spectrum, that same day, I did a doubleheader with Hail Caesar. And naturally, you follow that up with Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Rampage. That's just a... Are you are you okay? Are you having are you having a rough week, buddy? So they were next to each other in my HBO Max queue. <laughs> what in the world? Okay, what a what a weird like. I guess we'll guess the queue is always like just what you happened to put in there next to each. But other. also, I was like, okay, I'm seeing Black Adam this weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I was like, you know what? I haven't seen Rampage. People say that's a fun one. It was fun. Of the two rock movies I saw this weekend, it might have been the better one. But (laughs) at least with Rampage, it knows what it is. And as a fan of the video game, or someone that played a lot of the GameCube version, there were some fun references. It did not take itself too seriously. There's even a couple moments with the cinematography that they purposely shot it. So it looks like a, basically a 2D, like, playground, like you would see exactly on your screen when you're playing the game I'm going that's pretty that's clever. Cool. That's um, cool. yeah. Also, holy crap, this movie is PG-13, and I'm surprised it got that rating because <laughs> when the monster stuff happens, the monster stuff happens, and well, I course. was very happy. Like, The Rock the Rock delivers on action when he wants to, uh, but the heart of the movie, if, yeah, more or less, the heart of the movie is the relationship between The Rock's character and George the Giant Ape, and George yeah. is so <laughs> incredibly likable. I just George when a giant ape flips off the rock, I'm going, I like the ape. The ape makes me happy. <laughs> uh, but like I said, I also saw Black Adam. And I was very nervous going into this because I saw the critics reception. And then I saw the audience reaction the very next day after I saw the movie. And I completely understand both ends of the spectrum. Like it's 90% audience and it's like 50% critics. If I had to choose, I lean more towards the critic side. This Mm. movie is a mess. It is a cluster F, especially the editing. The editing got better as the movie progressed. But the first 30 to 40 minutes, I hated the editing. There's a couple shots that they like invert the camera going. It's cool. But there's no narrative purpose for this of why you're doing <laughs> yeah. this cool shot other than you can. Um, and also like characters will just magically appear. Not like Dr. Fate magic, but like bad editing magically. If like, wait, why are you in this room? You were literally talking to this other character in this other location. You just appeared now. <laughs> it's uh, it's like it's like anime where they just forget to do uh, frames and they're just like, oh, hey, we're here now. Oh, well, makes anime, sense. you could chalk that up to we didn't have the budget for it. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. <laughs> I will say, though, 
will I rewatch this movie anytime soon? Not likely, unless it's the end credits, which uh, I'm thinking episode 201 might have to be the best end credits for movies of all time because, man, Black Adam, I wish it hadn't been spoiled, but at the same time, I think they would have made $10 million less if they didn't spoil what the end credits was yeah. at the end of Black Adam. Um, I was not going to the Black Adam movie to see Black Adam, ironically enough. I was there to see the Justice Society and some other factor. Um, so in that sense, I got what I wanted. Hawkman and Dr. Fate are the coolest parts of this movie. Like they did. I will say both of them, but especially Dr. Fate kind of get nerfed a bit in the sense of you're a supporting character in somebody else's movie. You're going to get Dr. Strange in No Way Homed in this situation. And I'm like, it's like <laughs> Dr. Fate could easily yeah. body anybody in this movie if they really unleashed him. But Pierce Brosnan was legit. Aldous Hodge was great uh, as Hawkman. The rest of the Justice Society is just kind of there because they're like, well, the Justice mm. Society has to be more than two people. Um, let's do some surveys <laughs> and figure out what the yeah. young people that like The Rock also like. Uh, two yeah, young like people. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's like, how do we also explain why Hawkman and Dr. Fate are working together? This, uh, How do we do this? <laughs> But when the action kicks in, which is quite frequently, it's fun. There's some good action. And The Rock was right. He is... He's beating up bad guys. But holy crap, is he mercilessly beating up the bad guys. Like, <laughs> it's very... I know I've seen this similar... This, like, comparison a lot, and I completely agree... This movie is very much like T2 in terms of like, here's this big, strong, powerful guy with an annoying teen sidekick that teaches him catchphrases and stuff. <laughs> but T2 did it better. Uh, that being said, as much as I'm, I sound like I'm down on this movie, if we got a sequel announced tomorrow, I would not complain. Just get a different mm. director because the elements of a good movie are in there and there's enough seeds to be planted for future stuff. That I'm going, OK, you got a shaky start. But I get why certain members of the audience are really resonating with this. And there's enough yeah. there. Like, The Rock is charismatic in this. He kicks all kinds of butt in this. How they finally beat the bad guy. I was like, okay, you can get away with this in this movie? Apparently, if you're yeah. The Rock. Um, yeah, obviously. It's, it's not going to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I was thinking this when I was watching the movie. This started production in 2007. This movie feels like a 2007 superhero movie. Like, mm. I could see this opening the same weekend <laughs> as Transformers. <laughs> for better or for worse kind of oh, situation. Oh, for better or for worse. Uh, but also yeah. on the flip side, because it's me, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. I've been playing something, too. Gotham Knights came out this past weekend. Um, oh, yeah. How's, play How's just uh, your, your Nightwing simulator? So... I also, like Black Adam, went in with the lowest of expectations because with each passing update we got, it sounded worse and worse, and there's like a whole bunch of tech stuff, like Digital Foundry's mm. video was just like, yeah, this game struggles to hit 30 frames per second. I like, it's very similar to Black Adam again. I like some <laughs> parts of it. I'm driven insane by other parts of it. Uh, the story is surprisingly compelling so far. The problem okay. is, unlike an Arkham game or a Spider-Man game, you can't just play the story straight through and then do the side quest later. You mm. are mandated to do the side quests oh, as you are I doing that. that. It's 
very similar to the Marvel's Avengers in that like it's very like craft heavy of like you have to craft your gear but the problem is it's not a pay to win like every crafting bit that you get is super easy to get and free so my guess is it was built to be a live service game like marvel's avengers then they saw how that game went down and they're like we have to change it well it's kind of a core element to this to the gameplay which the combat gets really repetitive real quick of doesn't matter if you're playing as nightwing or anybody else, but Nightwing's the only one I play, <laughs> obviously. The problem yeah. is, when you're fighting, any character has like three or four animations, and that's about it. It kind of gets really repetitive. The mm. joy of like the Arkham games or Spider-Man is it's very free-flowing. Like You don't get sick of the combat because the anim- there's a ton of animations to it. It mixes up the style. Same thing with like the Spider-Man web-swinging. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with this in terms of the travel of yeah sure it's a big huge map like bigger than arkham knight the problem is say what you will about the quality of arkham knight is there was a lot of stuff to do within this city it was a like tight-knit city you can like bob and weave in and out the city had style there's like fog lighting effects there's a lot of wide open very just straight ahead roads and you're just buzzing along in their little motorcycle that doesn't have a speed boost but thank god it can pop wheelies uh so it's just like the story is great but i wish i could just go through just the story yeah and some of the dialogue is pretty bad but it's not nearly as bad as you were seeing in like early gameplay footage and trailers and whatnot like it flows a lot better uh i would say like once this game goes on sale next month uh, for like 20 or 30 bucks. Actually, I could see this game being available for PlayStation, whatever it's called, in a few months. In which case, try it out because there's some good things to it. It's just a matter of like so much other stuff clearly was thrown together in this, whether it was intended to be there or not. And I know it's not fair to compare it to the Arkham games because it's a completely different developer. But mm. you're going to get those comparisons whether you want to or not. And the fact that Arkham Knight still looks better and has more no more natural dialogue and you could just yeah go through a game linear linearly it's just i'll finish it out because i like the story it's just not clear at all on a lot of things <laughs> i mean that's fair I, I don't i don't think i'll be picking it up because i'll be busy next month with a different game mm. um, oh yeah finally that, that atreus game oh yeah you know you know that that one game like so uh for those that don't know, God of War Ragnarok comes out next month, which is like, I, I think God of War is one of the only games the 2018 one is one of the only games actually including Ragnarok that I have ever pre-ordered like ever. Um, and I, look, I know this is pretty par for the course. This is like, yeah, yeah. Jo- Josh likes God of War. Wow. I wasn't, I didn't know that. That's so crazy. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, we know. Um, I'm just excited because they, they let, uh, I think they let people play like the first five hours of the game. And, um, there, there's like, there's also kinds of like really, really cool. Some, some people were saying, and I was like, okay, cool. All right. Little, I can't wait. Like, geez, actually, I think it's like two or three weeks now. Like there were, we're, we're out from the release so this will be this will be interesting to say the least but also more importantly next week weird comes out Ooh, the weird owl movie with daniel radcliffe oh my gosh yes yeah, yeah. wow okay yeah but that's on like what roku tv i don't, so? I don't have that 
I don't have that. I'm not getting another streaming service. It's free. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to That's some fine. good news, but not John Krasinski related <laughs> good news. And that good news is something, man, I, I wish, I wish this was something that like some of us could have predicted coming. This is such a shock and a surprise. Not! I have been saying this for literally years. And that is that yeah, you... James Gunn is and Peter Saffron are now the <laughs> co-CEOs of DC Studios. That like the actual name going forward, they're not it's not Warner Bros. Discovery. It is DC Studios as his own separate brand being headed by James Frickin' Gunn and Peter Saffron. But everyone's latching onto the James Gunn thing because they at least have heard of that name. Peter Saffron, on yeah. the other hand, has worked with James Gunn repeatedly. I think he was the producer on The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's done some of the Marvel stuff with James Gunn. Mm -hmm. um, I have been saying this since James Gunn got fired in 2018. Yep. I have been saying, you watch, you just cost James Gunn long term. Because I feel like... Marvel was going to put, I don't want to, for all of our non-wrestling fans out there, I feel like Kevin Feige was going to put the belt on gun post-endgame mm -hmm. going forward mm -hmm. of the galactic side. And because this one boneheaded choice on both parties, if we're being honest here, um, yeah. he left and got to do The Suicide Squad, which is Josh and I's still favorite DCEU movie so far. And then that relationship became so fruitful that they're just like, here you go. And I have been saying forever that he's the most qualified for it. He knows the material. But what I love, I know I've poked fun at it already with the whole Peter Saffron thing. I love that this is a two horse thing and not just yes. a one solo guy. Because as we're seeing with Marvel, Kevin Feige cannot do it all. He is getting burnt out. He can't pay attention to all the details. And having two people here... And James Gunn specifically saying, I'm going to be very much involved with the creatives, but also just letting them do their own thing. Let the directors be directors because he himself is one. It just makes sense. Yeah. I love this because in the entertainment business, there is a long storied history with it comes to duos in movies representing mm -hmm. two separate mm -hmm. things. Look at in the early days of Disney, you had Walt and Roy Disney. You had the thinker in Walt and the doer, well, all the way around. Mm -hmm. You had the, the creative guy with Walt and the money guy with Roy. Fast forward in Disney's timeline even further, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. You always need the checks and the balances. You need the money mm -hmm. guy, the bottom line guy, the how is this actually going to perform, and you need the creatives. It's when they work together and are on a, the same page, that's when magic really happens, and I like that they announced the two of these guys. I would have been excited for James Gunn, but I like that we're getting the money guy and the <laughs> producing yeah. guy working in conjunction with the creative guy. Also, like, is that movie going to happen? That James Gunn mystery movie? 
Or is is this the mystery that he's been? <laughs> They're all the mystery movie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm with you though. I, real quick side tangent because it is James Gunn though. Did you have you seen the trailer for the Christmas the special? Christmas special. I'm gonna watch the crap out of that. Are you kidding me? I was I'm just, so I'm so ready. I was, for that. I'll be honest. Before the trailer, I was just like, oh yeah, that Christmas special. It's gonna be basically just Groot dressed as a Christmas tree selling the merch. And then I saw yeah. the trailer. I was going. So it's Christmas vacation. Yeah, but with the galactic, <laughs> and I kind of need it. I, I, oh, it yeah. looks great. Um, it looks so much fun. But yeah, like this is like, I think you like we, when you and I were talking about it, texting back and forth when they first came out. Um, I'm just excited that it's two people. Um, I honestly, I would go as far to be as far as to be like, hey, if we could have like another one, get because in the words of rings, ring of rings of power, if you have two, they can be corrupt, corrupted by each other. But if you have three, it's balanced. Anyway, um, but gosh, I had to slip in a rings of power reference. Um, I'm just excited that it's James. I think he has a vision for the what 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 DC could look like, and that's in a way that is still a comic book movie but also not all right cool we're just going to do everything that marvel isn't like that's you can't really there has to be some like weird middle ground and to be fair i think that suicide squad or sorry the suicide squad absolutely hits that middle ground of like okay cool so we can go a little bit farther than marvel can as far as like adult content but then we can also still stay very very um very faithful to our comic source or source material, but then also be something completely, completely new and unique and fresh. Something that I think the comic book world is desperately needing, especially with Marvel kind of feeling like it's starting to just rehash over and over and over and over. I like that. They're not punishing him for the quote-unquote lack of success with the Suicide Squad, I think it would be really easy for them to go. That movie flopped and fell on yeah. its face financially. So um, thanks for trying, but you need to move on. They gave him Peacemaker, and maybe that was because they expected the Suicide Squad to do so well. But then Peacemaker became one of the biggest shows HBO yeah. Max has ever yeah. done. And then House of the Dragon comes along and knocks all those ratings out. <laughs> um I don't know. Some people were like, well, he's an R-rated guy. I think he was R-rated for The Suicide Squad because it fits for that. I think the mm-hmm. characters that it lends itself to be R could potentially get R-rated projects, like a Lobo could potentially get an R-rated project. Dog. I think would be awesome. <laughs> um, I, that's, I think that's what's exciting about James, though, is he's not he's proven that he's not afraid to bring in like the really weird and the really like obscure, but then also make them incredibly interesting. Um, so like the idea of getting a actually good Lobo movie is actually w- totally within the realm of possibilities now, like having something as weird as a loot bug film or like, you know, fil- a loot bug and, and Buster Gold is like that would that's totally within the re- the uh, realm loot of bug? Oh, gosh, buddy. loot oh. bug and Booster Gold. Yeah. What did I say? That's what I thought. Anyway, I have no loot idea. Bugs great. Loot, loot, loot bugs. Uh, he's he's stupid don't worry about it but he's he's super obscure obscure but like that's my point though is like characters that we in the dc universe like outside of the you know the the big seven i feel like actually are going to have a chance to shine now like seeing a guy gardner uh josh's favorite 
I hate that guy so much. Oh my gosh. That's the but point. Like, yes. But he, that is the exact point for him. But like, still it's, I think there's so the possibilities are so much wider now because James is very much more open to storytelling instead of just like, all right, cool. So who, what, what, what who's going to like, know what we're going to go watch now like like blue beetle has a decent uh, like a decent appeal to a mainstream like it's a young kid he's like i don't know like to me that just it's not just going to be like okay cool so we'll make another justice league movie it's going to be more like all right cool how do we make it build to a teen titans without you know with 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 like some still the more obscure how do we make starfire not this sex symbol that she is in the comics (laughs) well even the writers have a hard time with that at times yeah exactly so like it's it, it i think it's it's the opening of a of a new era for dc films um we'll see what this does for you know movies like the flash movies like blue beetle movies like uh aquaman 2 and see where we go from there i wouldn't be surprised if this was kind of already locked in because like what was it flash is right around the not no flash flash, is that's like all next year. Ju- june that's, or july i think yeah we, we that's everything's next year but i wouldn't be surprised if they're still very much involved with already involved with the process of what the what we could be going through with these films and whether or not we cancel the flash whether or not we do you know blah 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 which they announced quote unquote announced a flash too so i i to me i they're, they're not they're not going to knock off flash but we'll see what happens they might you know? recast as there's some rumors of recast already yes i mean going going into flash too to me you have to recast oh especially absolutely if, especially if ezra ends up in jail um but yeah it's we'll see what happens but at, at the very least at least now i feel like we have we can have faith we can be like all right cool james gunn he obviously the suicide squad is super entertaining he is peacemaker is fantastic he's uh, there, he, he he's voiced his support for the Harley Quinn show. Like, the, he understands what DC fans want, and I think he understands how to tell interesting stories that aren't going to get lost in the uh, in the superhero movie garble. He's also done a good job already with just his few projects of building out a world within DC. There's a lot of stuff that's referenced in the Suicide Squad or uh, Peacemaker that. <laughs> basically hints at a larger thing that we don't see on yeah. screen like just having starro as your main villain for the yeah. suicide squad going well Dro- he's not afraid of taking risks yeah d- dropping it having a, a batmite reference in the middle of your peacemaker Heck show yeah is crazy like of all the characters that i thought that we we, we would hear from batmite was not one of them <laughs> So, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I think this spells good things. Um, and I don't know. I, mean, I feel like something happened that uh, would kind of confirm that James Gunn is already making choices. So to that point, though, I don't think that James Gunn had anything to do with this news. However, I think <laughs> okay, he's fair, I right, think right. he's a big fan of it, though. And yeah. that is <laughs> we're I'm not going to say how we know that this, but you can kind of infer by some things that came out this past weekend. Um, that Henry Cavill, the Lord of all the superhero universe and the great conquering hero has returned and Henry Cavill will be playing Superman going forward. He shared on his social medias, um, Mm -hmm. Monday or Tuesday 
and basically was just like, hey guys, I'm back, and we're going, ah, <laughs> uh, I just shared the gift from How to Train Your Dragon, of all things, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you're as beautiful as the day I lost you, <laughs> like, <laughs> because, y'all, he's he's got the spit curl again, right now it's covered up by cowboys, but he's got the spit curl, and I'm just so happy, but also, he said, a certain project, um, Let's be honest, it's been out for more than a few days already. If you were going to see Black Adam, you would have seen it by now. <laughs> if you didn't want things to be spoiled, you would have seen it by now, yeah. If you didn't want things I to be spoiled, it, I, I, The Rock yeah. shouldn't have talked for two weeks leading up to the movie's release. <laughs> but... At, okay, what I yeah. love, though, yeah. is the producer, Hyam, uh or Hiram from Black Adam was just like, I wish we didn't have the cameo spoiled at the end of Black Adam going, talk to The Rock! No one spoiled it but The Rock! Like, what are you talking about? Um, but so Henry Cavill took to his social medias, which I think is just Instagram. I don't think he's on Twitter or anything else. Uh, he shared on Instagram, he's like, what you saw in Black Adam is just a taste of what's to come. There's plenty more to come, which makes me go, okay, you didn't just sign a one-off. And yeah. we have heard about this, like, man, quote-unquote, Man of Steel 2 that they're developing, which I think is probably just going to be a quasi-reboot of Superman. I'm imagining they're going to have much more for him than just that one of, okay, yeah. I could see him popping up in other movies. I wasn't a fan of other heroes showing up in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but in the greater context, it, it made sense. I can absolutely see Henry Cavill doing that for other people's movies because we had heard for a while he hadn't signed to be in other in like his own movies, but he had signed to appear in other people's movies as kind of the quote unquote Nick Fury as what was being described. But now looks like he's a main player again. I still think we can get some of that Nick Fury ishness in terms of yeah slight cameos here and there, <clears throat> like top of the list needs to be Shazam. He needs to yeah. meet Billy Batson and actually, you know, show his face this time. Although, <laughs> if David, knowing David F. Sandberg and a sense of humor, I would love it if they get Henry Cavill back and they show his head like the Proud family. Like they just chop off his head, but it is actually Henry Cavill. And at the end, Henry Cavill is just like, yeah, I've been here the whole time. Like <laughs> the post credit scene is actually showing his face for Superman this time. Um, oh, man, let's go. I'm just excited. Like, to, uh, obviously, I, I think it in the midst of everything of like uh, quietly canceling all of their uh, all of the other Superman projects they had they were working on, um, not so quietly canceling. I guess um, it can. I can totally see it being confusing for for the, the general audience. And, and Henry Cavill's Superman, and I, I, I personally, I don't think so. I think now they're trying to straighten everything out. Okay, let's build a foundation before we start getting weird. Or, um, so uh, to me, and Henry Cavill's the perfect player to do that. I think what's going to be interesting is though, does that mean Affleck is back? Does that mean you know you know what I mean? Like how how many people do we bring back? Because then once you bring Bat, um, Batfleck back. It does that? How how does that affect Robert Pattinson's Batman? How does that affect? So th there's a lot of like ripple effects. I think well, ripple questions that I think I have that I would love to have answered within the next couple 
months or whatever. Yes, I demand. I demand. I demand multi-billion-dollar companies give me answers. <laughs> but you know, like I don't see. There's a lot. I don't see Batfleck coming back just because the situation of his exit versus Henry Cavill's hiatus because it's not fair, an exit. Fair, 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 fair. I think that was a different situation. Cavill was always, I want to come back. The cape's still in the closet. I want to come back. I want to be Superman. I love this role. I love this character. I'm not saying Ben Affleck didn't, but I think he is very burned by his experience on Live by Night, which was the movie that he directed. Um, I think he was either right before Batman versus Superman or right after yeah. in between that and Justice League. All anybody was asking him was Batman, Batman, Batman questions. And he was just like, I've made this other movie. Granted, the critics yeah. didn't like it, but I poured my heart and soul into this <laughs> movie. But all of y'all want to talk about Batman instead. So that was very frustrating. And he also, yeah. like a lot of other cast members, had a tough time on uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League. So I think it was yeah. just him wanting to be done with it. And also, Ben Affleck is slightly older than Henry Cavill. So yeah. if they want to keep going with him, which is which is definitely a possibility, it could be an age being a factor because Batman is a physically demanding role, so is Superman. Yeah. But you and I have talked about before of as great as Ben Affleck is in the Batman role, immediately starting with an old Batman kind of handicaps the stories that you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with like the Bat family or certain villains of just like you start with Dark Knight Returns, you're kind of limited in where you can go. Whereas Henry Cavill Superman, you still have a lot of story avenues you can go here. Uh, he's still very young enough that he can carry this franchise for a while. It's probably not going to be James Bond now, which that's fine. <laughs> I'd rather him be this fine, instead. Sure. Uh, he can stick to this and the Enola Holmes movies for some reason. Uh <laughs> But which oh, real quick, what weren't weren't those movies getting sued? I'm so confused by that. Yeah, there's a second one coming like in a few weeks or something. Yeah, like I thought they were, Netflix was getting sued for using uh, non-public domain stuff. So, but whatever, that's a, a shocker. Other conversation. Yeah. So um, going forward, uh, I feel like I've talked about it before of I would want Brad mm -hmm. Bird. Uh, if we can't get Brad Bird, Christopher McQuarrie, who apparently is at the top of their list. If you had, if you were James Gunn and you had at mm -hmm. least some input on the future direction of Superman with Henry Cavill and the direction that they take, who are some people that you're going to have conversations with to try and rope them into this? What direction would you take the character, et cetera? What, what are you thinking, Josh? I think first movie is going to stay away from like Zod or Lex. You do something else. Do something completely different. Um, I hope that they don't involve JJ at all. As much as I love JJ, um, I, the over, we get it. He's a Christ metaphor. We, we understand. Like you don't, you don't stop, stop banging that over our heads. Please stop. Um, it doesn't make the character interesting it, in a weird way. Like you on paper, you'd think that that would make him more interesting, but uh, it does the exact opposite. Um, as far as directors, I would love to have involved. I, Brad Bird, obviously. Um, Flanagan, I think, could could have a lot of fun with. Oh, he wants to do Clayface instead. Oh, that's oh, that's right. You know, like that. Uh, a Brent, <laughs> putting it out in the ethos, the 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 uh, Brendan Fraser starring Clayface film. Um, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get it, let's get it. Um, but yeah, there, I think there's, to me, maybe first one. <sighs> I, I feel like you have to start after like maybe do the go go the Batman route where he's 
been on the job for a year or two. And so then things start to happen because then you can launch into like a brainy, not a brainiac, um, a, a bizarro um storyline that like oh, yes because then eventually you're like oh it was lex all along that's crazy but like what a better way to have a to reintroduce a character that we've already seen by ha- making him deal with like okay what makes me me and what makes me different than this crazy psychotic version of me um to start with bizarro i think is like the best uh option there uh I know that his name has also been floated around with Superman projects for years, but Matthew Vaughn, I think, could be mm, really, really yeah. interesting. If this was a few years ago, I'd be more excited. But after the second Kingsman and The Kingsman, I'm a little yeah. less high on Matthew Vaughn as I was before. But he's still a very competent film director. Um, if I was tasked with making a Superman movie, and someday I swear I'm going to get around to pitching a Superman video... Or a Nightwing sequel. One of them. I, was, I swear. I was like, one day I'm gonna direct a Superman film. And, you know, and honestly, I'd like bring it, dude. I would I, love. I to gotta. See. I gotta do my horror short film first. That I keep <laughs> oh, that's saying also I'll true, do. Yeah. Um. But no. Someday I'll actually pitch my Superman one. But the, the idea that I've always had in my head of, you made Captain America work by putting him in the modern day and not having him punch his way out of a situation. Winter Soldier is so beautiful and works so well for the character of Captain America because Captain America, as a moral character, lives in a very black and white area. And Superman is very much of that same ideology Mm -hmm. of right is right and wrong is wrong. So what if you pit him up against some form of evil or corruption that he can't just punch his way out of? I would like a story maybe where he's at the Daily Planet and he's continuing to try and pitch to his editor hey, this local school is raising funds for this great cause. Can we talk about this in the paper? They'll talk about these uplifting and positive stories and maybe Perry White or maybe Lex Luthor buys the planet yeah. and goes, people don't read the news to read about stuff that makes them happy. We're here to yeah. sell papers. We're here to tell the world that it is not safe because the more scared people are, the more we sell type of situation. And yeah. Clark could very much be like, Writing the positives while he's Clark, but trying to save the day and make people less scared as Superman and make that not, he's literally trying to, I don't know, it's an abstract concept of just be the good in the world, but it's not a a punch, punch, just, you can't just fight somebody at the end of it and make it all better, which I think works for Captain America, who is very similar to a Superman type. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think what's going to be interesting, too, is if if you do bring it into the modern day, do you still have him work at a paper? Because <laughs> uh, newspapers station. aren't, yeah, a, a new station or like a blog, not a blog. I don't a know. new station make, and Jimmy Olsen is the videographer. <laughs> make him a TikTok star. I will uh, punch you <laughs> in the jejunum. <laughs> Could be fun. Who knows? <laughs> Switching from from DC to Marvel, a trailer that just kind of came out of nowhere. And I'll be honest, it's it's fine. It's not a bad trailer. But granted, there was that uh, leaked trailer that I in no way, shape, or form saw what that leaked trailer looked like before for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that mm-hmm. dropped, I believe, at CinemaCon. But they dropped this trailer and I'm going, it's... It's fine enough. It's a teaser trailer, so I'll get a pass for that. Um, but Josh has always been more of the Ant-Man person than me. Like, yeah. I like the first two. They're fine. I think the second one's better than the first. But yeah. it's nice that 
least this time, Ant-Man seems to be heavily involved with the future direction of the MCU. And I know some people will be like, well, he was really important because he's the reason for the Quantum Realm and the Quantum Realm was important in Endgame. But I'm like, yeah, he gets to kind of be the hero in Endgame. Here, he kind of gets to be the eternal bad guy because it looks like he's going to unleash Kang on all the universes, <laughs> which should be very interesting to watch. Uh, Josh, as the as the bigger Ant-Man fan of the two of us, what did you kind of think of this Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer? Um... First of all, uh, I loved your comment when I first sent you a text about it. I'm like, well, that's where the CGI budget went <laughs> because golly, does this trailer look amazing. At the very least, uh, the visuals are incredible and something unique, um, which is, I think, obviously, if they're going to be going down to the quantum realm, that's something that you would need. Um, the, the trailer's fine. It, it, it does the, the job of getting you kind of intrigued into what is, this movie is going to be about. Um, I also like when they, when they said that, you know, Kang's going to be the bad guy or whatever, we were like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But also just having Kang basically, I don't want to say hiding, but like hiding in the, in the, down there in the quantum realm, building an army all the way down there. Like, yeah, that, that works on a lot of different levels for me as far as like, okay, well, yeah. How else would he hide, hide a, uh, an, a interdimensional army? Like you can't, you have to, it has to go somewhere. Right. Um, that being said, uh, it, I want Ant-Man to actually like mean something. And I, I hate, and I feel like that that's basically what they're going to do like through this film it's going to be ant-man's like yo like no like i'm important to this universe um kind of movie for him um a lot of that is because yeah he does kind of get the short out end of the stick throughout the avengers films um he also uh the, that little dig at him at, at, in the beginning of the trailer when we're like thank you spider-man i was like yeah like that's that's not fair to him. And so like, it's obviously to me going to be Ant-Man's finally big, like coming out party. It's like him. It's going to be like, Oh, all right, cool. This is, this is Ant-Man. Um, having his daughter involved is super interesting as well to me. I, I'm not like overly, I'm not nowhere near as hyped from this trailer as I was the Wakanda forever trailer of that first big trailer. Um, however, I'm just excited in general to, to like finally see Ant-Man get his day in the sun. Um, finally actually have like, not to say that like one and two weren't emotionally driven, but like I feel like Kang is absolutely going to put him in a position where either you like save your daughter or I unleash my armies upon, you know, the galaxy or whatever. So I absolutely think that while it will not be directly his fault and something Ant-Man does throughout this film, or choice, a couple choices that he's going to have to make in this film, is definitely going to cause. That's what's going to be the cause of the rest of the the multiverse saga. It's not necessarily going to be. I mean, it's Kang driven, obviously, but like at the very the very least, it's not going to be. Oh well, you know, I'm Kang, and I've been in the quantum realm, and I think it's time to come out and and you know do my thing now. Now it's like no, Ant-Man's the reason's gonna. He's gonna finally come out of hiding. Yeah. When it comes to Kang, Josh and I have made it very clear that we are huge fans of Jonathan Majors. I'm excited to see oh, yeah. what he brings to the table as Kang. I cannot wait for Jonathan Majors to just murder Michael B. Jordan in Creed 3 because he absolutely will. Um, I don't think this trailer does a very good job of making me 
realize why I should be afraid of Kang. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just kind of there. Like I was a mysterious figure. Granted, he looks spectacular. And honestly, I think they translated his comic book look a whole lot better than I had any expectation of them doing. I like that the lines on his face are scars. I'm going, ah, cool. That makes sense. Even the blue actually really, really works. They even have the flowy green robe with the purple. I'm going, okay, if you can translate Kang, I'm not really worried about how you're going to translate Doctor Doom someday. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, in a few months. Um, (laughs) I'm not letting that go. I I kind of do believe those theories. Yeah, I think this trailer needed to establish what the threat was better. Like, uh, J- uh, not Jen. Is it Janet Van Dyme? Is Michelle Pfeiffer's character, or is oh, that, yeah, 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 or is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Evangeline Lilly's character? Uh, are you talking about the mom? Yeah, whoever the mom is, mom. she's yeah, trying she, to sell she's it. Afraid. Yeah, she's trying to sell like... it as best as she can. But I think there was another trailer that they showed at CinemaCon that, according to some of the like the dialogue that was leaked out of that. That does a better job of establishing Kang. There's a line in one of those trailers that Kang just looks at Ant-Man and goes, Avenger, are you one of the ones that I've killed? Or, like, have I killed you before? Like, he has killed so many Avengers in so many different universes yeah. that he can't remember who he's beat or not because he's so he's gotten rid of so many others. That line alone could have established what the stakes are, but maybe that implies more multiverse shenanigans than they're willing to give away at this current time but i mean like yeah because this is just a be. teaser um obviously there is a blink and you miss a detail but there's a shot in the trailer where it looks like ant-man's teaming up with other ant-mans so yes. maybe there is some multiverse component to this uh i think they lose in by the end of this movie a la empire strikes back and like this this really needs to set the stage for Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, but at the same time, I don't want us to get in the situation of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness of going, this movie has to change the yeah. universe forever because then we set ourselves up for disappointment. But at the same time, I'm, I'm going, you're running this out. This actually of, needs to though. You, you kind of need to. Is you're running yeah. out of time. But I think there will be some significant elements to this, but it's not going to be like the universe. Ex- rapid expander that we're expecting it to be but i do think the heroes lose by the end of it now the interesting theory yeah. that i'm seeing being thrown around after this trailer is kang can escape and whatever else and he can get the stuff that he needs scott to get in this movie but he'll still be looking for other things most notably shang chi's rings and miss marvel's bangles which i'm going okay ah which would tie them in like that because they say in both of those projects of those are beacons for some other thing some of us theorize it could be galactus maybe it is kang because they talk about a beacon at the beginning of this trailer which quick aside um i wasn't overly familiar with the original actress that they had in avengers endgame for cassie i'm super excited to see what Catherine newton brings to the table as the new cassie uh, I really, really like her in Freaky. I think the reason they recast her because she's going to be a big character going forward with the Young Avengers because they're clearly mm-hmm. going in a Young Avengers route. Yes, they are. Um, I think this trailer is good. I get that it's a teaser. It just didn't show me what the stakes are. And I think they could have shown a better job of 
why are we afraid of Kang as opposed to like Thanos or Ronin? Like, yeah, they're they're an imposing presence. Whereas, without any form of technology as he currently stands, Kang doesn't seem terrifying. He will be, but you gotta you gotta enforce that to us. You gotta tell us yeah. why we should yeah. be afraid of this all powerful being. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's um while there's some great shots of Kang, like there's that one that's like of him on his little floating disc or whatever that's super cool and it's like fantastic to look at, but or even like the the poster the that we have right here. Um it, like that is a really cool shot. It's honey but, I shrunk the kid. It's honey I shrunk ourselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> but like, I like uh, coming off of Thanos after seeing like you know Iron Man and um, Cap Cap and Thor have to all fight him at the same time to even like get any kind of damage going on him. I, I think it's it, we are going to have to be shown very quickly how dangerous Kang is and why it's a problem if he's unleashed on the planet and how he's or on different. The galaxy. And how he's different. Exactly. And how he's different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but also don't make him so overpowered that when we get Galactus, we have to like be like, it's another Death Star. But you know what I mean. Lastly, for our news, since we're still in the month of the spoopy, we should probably end with a spoopy and a kind of surprising news, I'll be honest. And that is that the Conjuring 4 is happening and it'll be written by Aquaman 2, the writer for Aquaman 2. Um this is surprising for me just because the box office for all of the Conjuring Universe movies have definitely been steadily declining yeah. over time. Like, whatever the current one is, whether it is a Annabelle or it's a nun, those always start really strong and then you get to the sequels and the money isn't quite as there, even if the sequels are good. Like, Annabelle Creation, still one of the best in the entire franchise. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home actually wasn't that bad, but it, terrible. Wasn't, it wasn't yeah terrible either um the problem is i don't care anymore with this franchise <laughs> because you started off with so much promise i still love and adore that first conjuring so so much and then if i remember it then you went into annabelle <laughs> annabelle's awful that first one is terrible and then conjuring <laughs> 2 very it's much pretty, just yeah. shoehorns in a lot of stuff of, well, this could be a sequel, or this could be a sequel. Here's this whole room of sequel possibilities. And I'm just like, I like the first one because it was like a pretty self-contained story that was fairly grounded in realism, whereas the second one's just like, yep, why not? Um, Like this, this whole universe, it's cool that James Wan started it, but it's getting overly saturated. And with him being less and less involved with it, especially after Conjuring 3, which was eh. Like, I I want to be excited, but at the same time I'm just like, can we just not? <laughs> can we can we do something else? Can we just create, like, it, like that's fine. Like, I'm, I don't mind a Conjuring-esque story, but, like, at the same time, um, can we just not call it conjuring? Can we just, why does it always have to be attached to the conjuring? Is it just because the Warrens are yet again involved and they're yet again going to get a, you know, come on the other side unscathed. Like I, it's, it's, it, I think at this point, because we have seen the Warrens, ha you know, tackled all of these, these demons and stuff head on uh, and then come on the other side unscathed. 
it's kind of like it defeats the purpose. It's like, okay, cool. So no matter what happens, they're going to be okay. Um, and that kind of takes a lot of the dramatic tension away, um, which is why I think that that first conjuring is so special because you have no idea what's going to happen. And it, it, it doesn't mean like there's several times where, you know, both of them should have died or been possessed or been taken over. And I think that at this point, like you said, it is kind of oversaturated. It is kind of, it's, it's like them still trying to do paranormal activities. Like the, the gimmicks kind of dead now. Like we can't, we're not really into it. It's why animal creation would, it was so good because it didn't involve the ones at all. Um, And just like, I, there's there's not really much else here i don't particularly care about the warren's life um the first one's fantastic and after the the second one is way too long yeah outside to me though outside of the sequel sequel baiting i don't mind it it's it's up there it's better than three but that like you said like it can't just keep going down in quality and then you're like okay but cool we can still make another one like or you could not <laughs> it's just that it it's become so spotty like we're getting yeah. the nun too to which i'm just going why why did people go out and see this in theaters as i saw this in theaters well i yeah. wasn't going to but a friend was just like hey, i'm gonna go see the nun you want to i'm just like sure how bad can it be nathan would later come to regret that decision <laughs> uh, but uh, hey hey if anything in the conjuring conjuring verse is true it's that the sequels are better than the first ones so who well, knows? except for the Maybe conjuring none... yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the that being said i just none two is going to be stupid the whole concept of it is dumb i don't like in it. the words of aj styles they don't want none they don't they really don't well, as per usual, this week's episode is sponsored by Tee Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch, whether it is t-shirts, now that's getting cold, hoodie weather, mm. um, magnet weather, which is all year round, stickers, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo on it or any of our other fantastic designs, go support the show in that way. Be awesome. Uh, and also, help us as we... St- Start the slow climb to a thousand subscribers because you guys are at 700 and plus now. So that means we're doing Darth Jar Jar next week before the big 200th episode. Um, so yeah, also be on the lookout for the 200th episode. We put a lot of time and effort in that. Almost 200 episodes worth on that. Um, we think uh. you'll really, really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> even if you've, even if you're new to the show, check out the 200th episode. Then you can go back and kind of. Check out those older episodes for yourself of the weirdest, random, <laughs> wacky moments that we've had through the yeah, years. You want yeah, yeah. Now, Josh and I love horror movies, and we love good scares. The problem is, yeah. since we watch them so much, don't get scared as much, because mm-hmm. you just kind of can pick up trends and notice things. So that's what we're going to talk about today is our personal picks for scariest movie moments or best like jump scares in horror movies we're not talking about like scariest movies in non-horror that was last week now we're specifically for the week right before halloween the scariest moments we've ever seen in horror movies now to be honest a lot of these are more recent ones just because like more recent movies do a better job of scaring us it's nothing to do with like violence or whatever else it's just like hide- I think, I think modern filmmakers 
get our sensibilities better. But then again, if we were around in the days of Universal Monster movies, those probably would have scared us for that yeah. time. Well, I think too, though, like especially watching stuff now, um, you see something of some like from the fifties or whatever, like the, the Universal mo- Monster movies. Um, the timing is is way different than it is now. Whereas you know the, these days, because horror movies are so widespread, we you know hundred you know hundred or so horror movies come out a year. Uh, all of us are kind of aware of of scare timing, and that timing is something that you know audience members can totally pick up on. Um, so a lot and like a lot of mine I, I just looking at it a lot of them end up being the finales or the climaxes or something like that because we've spent usually an hour to an hour and a half of atmospheric build, build. and so then to the point the stuff starts actually happening it's not necessarily violent or grotesque uh it's it hits harder and i think that like um to use an example and this is not on my list uh because Partially because I kind of saw, you know, it's an iconic scene, so it's everywhere. Uh, but like, like the original Psycho, the 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 shower kill scene, um, because I've we've watched so many horror films, and I'm sure it was such a big deal when it was originally released. Watching it now, you're like, oh yeah, she's about to die. We're spending too much time right here watching her shower she's about to get stabbed uh odd that it's in the middle of the of the movie but (laughs) like okay cool um yeah i i think that's the the timing of of modern films is a lot different and you have things and some of the stuff on my list we'll talk about you have people trying different kinds of scares it's not just jump scares it's atmospheric building and just there's all this other stuff that i think once we get into the list it it'll uh become a little bit more clear but it definitely like i'm like i'm like you i have a whole bunch of there's a few that are older but mostly recent like within the last five ten years um movies because i I, partially i think just because that's what you and i have watched more of obviously being alive at this time (laughs) at this time uh but like in general i just think they these movies do it better and that's i don't think that's anything against the classics but like it just i like i prefer these i guess all right so then start us off josh uh you know i I can't go a horror horror discussion uh without talking about sinister there it Um, is that's the first (laughs) thing on my list yeah yeah so i i think the the thing about sinister is uh especially at least the first time you watch it at least for me and you uh you can feel the tension build at night and the release of it being at, at during the day um and anytime he puts in a new uh tape you get nervous because you understand that you're about to see something that you haven't seen before and i i think while the fantastic first kind of scare when um the 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 demon in the tv screen looks at him and then looks away uh fantastic well done however i'm gonna go with uh i think it's the title of the actual video the uh the lawn work um scene where um fantastic well done in in the sense that I, you don't really see a whole lot honestly you see a it lawnmower cuts away right before yeah you see a lawnmower going and uh because it's like what the second or third video that he watches you kind of have an idea of what you're about to see and then once so once the 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 person shooting the video uh starts the lawnmower it gets really really you're like oh what are, what are we about to do with this and then 
you see just enough to see them head towards the family and then it cuts away and screams and sue and all that um perfect to me it's it's a very well done scare in that you don't really see a whole lot but it let so it allows your imagination to take over and, and kind of build the rest of it which is oh fantastic so so good so good the lawnmower part is the first one that I put on my list. Yeah. So we'll talk about some other stuff for Sinister just to kind of flesh it out. Um, is it the first or the second one with the weights on the lawn chairs at the with the pool? Um, I think technically that's the second one because the first one is actually no, yeah, I think that's the first one because the second one I think is the um family barbecue where they he puts the family inside the, the the car. The first one had the infamous tree that was in like all yes. the marketing. And then I think maybe it was the pool chair and then lawnmower. Um, it's both a good scare and a bad scare is the final one at the very end of Sinister. Mm-hmm. It's an effective jump scare, but Josh and I both hate it because it's a cheap one at the same yeah. time. It's like having a scare actor at the end of a haunted house. Like once you've exited and having someone right at the exit, just pop out. It's like, you still startled me, but it's not necessarily a scare. Okay. Like it was, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of because there. there's obviously there's there's a good way to do that because just I'm just having that memory of uh, the haunting of Hill House. The tall guy. Where, like, the last scare is the tall guy and he chases you out, but like you don't see him at first. So yeah, it scares the crap out of anyway. But yeah, there's there's it's a very very cheap scare, um, and it kind of uh it kind of cheapens. Jeez, I want to say Ubu is his Bagool. name. A Bagul. I uh, had the right letters, just not in the right. <laughs> Josh is going back to his Latin heritage, apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. Um, Summoning the devil and whatnot <laughs> on the podcast, um, and in all of your ears. Um, so, but yeah, it's a very very cheap jump scare, and it's my least favorite in there. I um, I I love the one that is it's like the very beginning with the boy the his son popping out of the box and so you as the audience member think it's like oh wow the possession's starting already but it's literally just something that happens all the time with him and you're night like terrors. oh okay geez that's something that i have to add to this this list of things that i have to look for to, to make sure that i'm not going to get scared um i like that one a lot as well so what about you Let's talk about The Strangers. Yeah, hey, this the is no- on my list too. The number one movie of do not, and I repeat, do not watch this when you are home alone yeah. and watch it with headphones on. Because, yeah. um, what was I watching? The honorable mention to The Night House, there's a bunch of scenes in that that freaked me out, but that's one that has amazing sound design that like, I was watching with headphones. Mm. I'm just like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> but The Strangers... There's a lot of scenes because there's no score for most of this movie. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it so much worse when everything starts happening because it's just got this very much the sense of realism to it. But the scene in question for me that I just it's just a big old nope more than anything else. It's when Liv Tyler, like in the poster here, she just walks into the living room and we just stick the camera there for a solid minute or two. And then all of a sudden. This dude with a bag on his head just slowly walks into frame behind her, like 20 or 30 feet behind her, and then slowly walks back out, and you're just going, 
Eh, it's just the concept yeah. of someone being in your home, invading that personal space without you even knowing. Like, he's not doing anything yet, but the fact that he just enters the room silently, watches for a long time, a la Michael Myers almost, and then disappears without her ever even noticing. Uh, I just... I just hate it so much. Yeah. There's so much of the, the strangers that I'm like, I, for some reason, the critics hate this. And I think it's one of the best horror movies to just like freak you out because it makes you so paranoid about, yeah, this is, this is the thing that could absolutely happen if you're in the wrong yeah. crowd. Well, and I, I think what's interesting is that like it, that's not the only scene that that happens. Like there's several times throughout this film that like, you just see things happen in the background or you see somebody kind of pass there. I think there not there one where the, there's a hallway in the background and you just see what somebody go from one room to the other. That's clearly not one of, not one of the family members. Um, it's oh God, so, so scary. I, I, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it because there's been, it's so good at the same time. And I love that it's ambiguous at the end as far as like, Oh, did good win or did bad win? Cause it's like, mm, good kind of one, but like, mm, also they're still out there. So mm, who really won? Um, love it. Fantastic. Uh, seeing somebody just like walk in <laughs> into that room and then stare at them and walk out. I, it shouldn't be scary. Like on paper, that should not be like tension building, but gosh, is it, it's so good. Uh, I wasn't aware that their critics didn't like this movie, but like, I, Shocker. That, critics don't like yeah. a lot of horror movies. I mean, that's fair because it was like, ah, oh, it's cheap jump scare. There's no actual tension building. It's done. It's like when people are like, I don't like you know fantasy and sci-fi because the author can just invent anything to solve a problem. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's how all fiction works. I'm confused. What? <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> people are lazy, man. Um, they are. Oh, let me talk about another. Okay. Uh, you mentioned so yeah, since we've from... had the, the 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 same one over and over now. So twice I have in a row one now. that I guarantee you is not on Josh's list. Then okay. Uh, Josh okay. talked about someone walking across a hallway in the background of a scene that's mm-hmm. not supposed to be there. There's a very famous scene in a movie that's known for a character walking back and forth in a hallway in a hospital, and then all of a sudden you crap your pants because of camera work. The Exorcist Three. Okay. Which, uh, I haven't seen that, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like The Exorcist Three. It's very different. It's very much a psychological thriller of like a murder mystery kind of. But this nurse is basically just walking back and forth, like putting getting stuff out of the supply closet, and going back and forth. Really, really long tracking shot. So then. She's walking away. She closes the door. You're like, oh, she closed the door. There's nothing that can happen. All of a sudden, this wide shot just rapid zooms into her as something pops up from the closet to chase after her with gardening shears about to cut her head off. But that goes basically from super wide and far away shot to zoomed in like a hundred feet within a second. This rapid almost like oh gosh that wasn't supposed to happen the shock of the camera movement it was i always say one of my favorite moments in comedies is in monty python and the holy grail when the guy's running far away in the distance because editing is the funny part there 
this and the camera work is what's so scary is this thing that's been static this camera that's been static for like almost five minutes just rapidly zooming in for this action that is timed so perfectly because you've been watching this for so long it's just like oh it's gonna happen she's gonna open the door and something's gonna pop out but the fact that she's closed the door and she's basically almost opened the next door she's so far gone that this thing comes barreling out in rapid zoom you're going oh the timing's off i already exhaled because i thought we we're fine but then you just <laughs> yes crap your pants and then they smash cut to a statue bleeding and you're just like okay the rest of this movie is a bit slower pace but this is gonna send <laughs> someone to the hospital with a heart attack yeah which i think that's like a lot of what horror is you know it comes down to timing um I'm sure it's going to be on your list somewhere, but speaking of timing, a, a well-timed head explosion will get you very, really far in life when it comes to horror, um, and a well-perfectly placed one will have a group of college boys screaming. Um, in one-hour photo, the, the main... The main antagonist i guess who's the you know played by uh robin williams has a dream and at the end of the dream his head explodes and no, it, it is... does it yes it does no it doesn't his eyes bleed okay sorry um gosh is that really i dude my memory i i feel yeah. i could have so he's head like explodes. he's he's in this pitch white room it's almost like a yeah. completely white room like when harry dies in the final harry potter and then comes back it's like that yeah. except it's like a cvs that has completely empty shelves because that's where he works and so uh he has his eyes closed he's just kind of standing there and all of a sudden we do a close-up of his face he opens his eyes and they're like blood red and he starts screaming, and all of a sudden, when he's screaming, blood starts squirting out of his eyes. Okay, and okay, then that's probably just, why my brain remembers He is that also later. wearing all white, and his all white room, the blood is just going everywhere, and it's showing up everywhere. And you're just going, "What is happening? What is happening? What is happening?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the rest of the movie is not artistic in that way of like very interpretive. It's very literal for a lot leading of up it. to that moment either. Yeah, it's yes. it's that is very the, surreal moment, and the rest of it's very grounded in reality. That yeah. that freaks you out so much more. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. So that I'm, you know what we have, I haven't seen that movie in so long. So, I, but like the explosion, like in my head, I remembered as as a as a his head blowing up, which is also terrifying if that just randomly happened. Uh, but like the, of like scanners yeah but like yeah just the the way that because for those who don't know about one hour photo um it's one of the only films that robin williams did that is not that it's like a horror film it's about this guy who tries to live vicariously through other people's photos um and ends up stalking a family and i i don't does he end up killing them i don't remember at the end no uh, but i don't think it's clear if he no. does or not no he doesn't okay um but yeah fantastic movie just a scene out of nowhere that um was not the the tone of the film or really had done anything like that prior in the film and it's, it really sets you off off kilter of like this is not supposed to be happening what is this i understand it's a dream sequence but like this is uh this is crazy so what else you got let's go with oh dude okay um 
Uh, you and I have always sung the praises of As Above, So Below. Um, fantastic film. Uh, one of the best found footage films out there. Uh, there are a lot of scares in this movie that are so good. Um, I love that. And I, I, I think I showed this to my younger brother, uh, I want to say two or three weeks ago. But um, I love that the first hour of the film it is nothing but atmosphere building. Nothing but like, okay, we're going deeper. All right. Uh, kind of weird that nothing's happening. Uh, like, like the, there's some like cheap tension building, and like we know that as characters, and we know that as the audience. And then they are finally about to go back, like deeper and deeper, into like they're passing like a like a quote unquote, a, well, quite literally a threshold. Um, and this lady comes out of nowhere with a baby and scares a guy to the point where he. He, he's like they're trying to belay down a tunnel and he just falls face first from like two two stories up right into like a metal concrete not metal a stone concrete slab just like boom out of nowhere and it kicks like it is the initial if i rem remember the movie right which you know according apparently with one hour photo i don't remember movies right um but it's like one of the initial scares that like kicks off like the weirdness of the film of like oh my gosh um something is actually crazy about to happen i mean that's that's up there with the um the the car crash where the guy's like oh well no it wasn't my fault and then he gets grabbed and pulled into the flaming car and then the car like goes it like disappears into another dimension it's like the movie is insane um but definitely like for me it's that titular it's that you see somebody go behind him and he doesn't notice and then all of a sudden she's there scares the crap out of him and he falls like 30 feet onto his face um and oddly not the first person to die in the film actually if i remember right uh but yeah fantastic moment um and a fantastic movie <laughs> so you mentioned that you showed your younger brother this recently i'll talk yes. about a movie that i showed josh the last time i saw him I like this movie a lot more than yeah, Josh does, yeah, yeah. but there is one moment that I don't care how many times I see this movie. I'll crap my pants. Josh will crap his pants. We all crap yeah. our pants during Hell House LLC, which if y'all haven't seen it, it's it's so good. But basically the premise <laughs> of this movie is there's a group of young adults that basically buy this formerly haunted hotel to turn it into a walkthrough haunt attraction uh, on the outskirts of New York um, called the Abaddon Hotel, which has this like long and storied history of shenanigans. So naturally, shenanigans ensue. So they're doing like a tour of the house and they go down to the spoopy, spoopy basement where supposedly like dark rituals used to happen. And they see like three clowns lined up in the basement all sitting there. You're going, well, that's terrifying enough. Nothing creepy the first time we see them, but as they stay there longer and longer, the, the more the scares intensify. And so um, one of the characters hears something in the middle of the night, so he grabs his camera because it's a found footage movie. Uh, but actually, unlike other found footage movies, Hell House explains why there's cameras. They're like, hey, also true. Also we true. need security for this for liability reasons. If we're doing a haunted house, we need eyes and ears everywhere. I'm going, ha, that makes sense. So the character gets up in the middle of the night, starts hearing some noises, like turns the corner to the bar to head downstairs, and he sees one of the clowns is now at the mm -hmm. top of the stairs looking 
down at the stairs. You're just going, okay, that's scary enough. So the camera and the guy pivots down to look at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, that's, that's weird. What you looking at there, you, you goof? Uh, turns back. And now the clown is staring at the guy about two inches away from the camera. Now these are... There's no one in the clown suits. They're just clowns. So seeing them move for the first time on camera, you're just going, oh, okay, okay. The clown doesn't chase after him or anything, but just that sudden jolt awake of, okay. For me, in terms of like jump scare, that rivaled Haunting of Hill House's car scene. For those that know, like if we were talking TV oh, shows, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. nope. There's a, quite a few scares in that first Hill House that I'm just going, Nope, you found a way to make the found footage uber claustrophobic, and I both love and hate that so much. <laughs> like I'm not a I'm not afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of the Hill House clowns, though. Yes, yeah. Well, I I think too, and to be fair, my issues with um haunted what is it, a Hell House LLC have nothing really to do with the movie itself. I think it's more just like a little bit of the shadiness of the lore gets sometimes, even with the 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 kind of the expansion of the of the sequels. And we're what getting they end a prequel next year. Yeah, yay! Uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, a different yeah, hotel. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's. It, I think that my issues with it are, have nothing to do with the um, actual movie itself, technically. Uh, but yeah, there's several really good scares in that film, uh, where, where literally something as simple as something that should not be able to turn its head turns its head. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm good. I'm very. I'm not. I'm fine. Thank you though. Appreciate it. Um, let's go. Let's go something. Let's keep it with the old school, man. Um, I think let's go with the thing. So it's been a while since I've, I've seen the thing, but, uh, the original, like John Car Carpenter one, um, with the, the titular chest original chunk, quote unquote, lots of quotes on there. Uh, but yeah. you know, it's not the original, but everyone seems to think it is. I mean, it's, it's not like they're watching popular. the original The Thing and John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween or anything. <laughs> it's yeah, mm -mm, yeah, that's just weird. Uh, but it's the it's the one with all the practical effects, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. One with yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the one thing. where they the yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're trying to. It's the scene where they're trying to use the defibrillator on somebody to get him back alive, and the first time it doesn't work. Like, okay, rub it together. All right, here we go. <gasps> Clear, and he goes to throw, put, touch the chest, and his chest opens up and chomps the guy's arms, and like that whole section of the of the movie, because I think he they end up like setting the butt that that thing on fire, and then the, the thing itself pops off and goes up on the roof. It, it's crazy. I think it's one of the first times in the film that you like. Oh, this thing can do whatever it wants. Oh, it's not just like taking over a body. It can manipulate that body. Oh, that's it's insane. It's it's one of the most classic, actually scary scares out there. And I think a lot of that has to do with you mentioned the practical effects. The practical effects yeah. when the chest opens up just like a giant mouth and the yes. practical effects that that entails and the arms getting bitten off like those look so good but then when it shifts into its natural form with like the head like floating mm -hmm. around like that's a giant animatronic there that's just like so unnatural and so so unlike anything we've seen before or since you're just like i don't like this i don't appreciate yeah. this 
it's uh, somehow slimy and solid at the same time like stop Mm-mm. no i'm good thank you <laughs> i got four more how many more you got Wow, oh, geez. Okay, uh, I got way more. Oh, that's I fine. I was trying to think, and I kept getting stumped. I'm sure, like, no, you're good. You're once good. I was like, if I wasn't trying to think of a list, it could just happen naturally. But yeah. whenever I sat down to be like, what scares me? Student loans. Uh, movie wise, <laughs> I can't. Uh, a phone call from Josh. <laughs> Why is he calling me? What is happening? Human communication. Um, this is gross um all right let's go with uh oh the i'll I'll just rattle some off um original halloween when michael breaks through the closet uh really absolute crap legitimately and i think part of it is because uh when i first saw it like to me see like uh you i watched a lot of like criminal minds growing up right so like the serial killer would just go on the bed and wait he wouldn't like go out to me it was like very animalistic and it actually was like oh whoa 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 this is not that's you you're breaking rules dude you can't do that um the the blair witch the what is it the, the most recent sequel i believe uh that finale is oh so terrifying to me oh we're gonna need to talk about that yeah because that's so one of good. my four so, yes oh dude <laughs> that movie I don't love the entire movie. Yeah. It's probably, what, an hour and a half movie? Yeah. I only really like the last half an hour, but that last half an hour goes way harder than it should. So I I don't even mind the original Blair Witch, but for different reasons. Like, the whole aspect of the Blair Witch doesn't scare me. It was more of the lost in the woods with no meaningful way of getting out. Like, that made me paranoid, made me nervous. Whereas Blair Witch, they try and just go for the straight scares, and I don't think it always works until they get to the actual house, in which case, no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your friend, Dude. just leave them to die. Look in the corner of shame, for you shall just be claimed corner, as well. Just look in the corner. Just look in the corner. Just look in the corner. Oh, gosh. It's so good. Um... I love, and again, this kind of leans, harkens back a little bit to, to Sinister. Uh, less, like, the less you see is better. Because, like, I, I don't think really at any point you really, quote, unquote, see the witch. Um, the, the, you see it in passing or see her in whatever shape she might be in. But, like, there's a lot of moments in that that last back half, back 30 minutes of the film that is, I just like the tension is so high for like whatever reason it kind of because it comes out of nowhere because at first it's just like oh okay so it's just like this lady messing with a bunch of kids in the in the in the forest um and then it just you get like they go into her domain which is like as the audience member I was like what do you what do you stop stop what do you, why would you go there why would you do that stop that um, and then just watching them try to survive. It, it's ve- it's very well done. It goes so hard in the paint that it is not like you don't need to do that. Chill out. Um, shout out to uh, the chest buster in Alien. Um, See, that never scared me. It's impressive, that, but it never really scared me. I don't know I, why. The fir- Okay. Quantifying that, the first time I saw it was scary because i had never seen anything like that before um i you know like i saw like star wars or, or like cars like <laughs> like my 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 level one of, of those like... is significantly scarier <laughs> than the other 
Okay, it's cars. One of them is cars. <laughs> uh man. But you're like, I personally had never seen anything like that. And the, the way that the um the actors all kind of act, react in an organic way um really sold it to me with at least the first time i saw it and now i now it's like oh this is just such a cool effect i love this okay cool um but definitely like the first time i saw it i was horrified like whoa 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 something can just impregnate you through the mouth i'm good thank you um let's talk about real quick the evil dead remake which is something that you and i have a history with i'm logging off i love it i'm logging off nope no (laughs) no no it is not the scene that i'm talking that you that you are gonna you think i'm gonna be talking about uh i know that doesn't scare you it doesn't even scare me it just it's, it's just, just like nope. Uh, it just there's nopes. a lot of things in that movie that are very nopey. But um, for me, the Evil Dead uh, that really got me is the girl in the bathroom that like cuts her face off. No, she's um, like cutting open her mouth or something. Yeah, it's it's so I'm no. It's one of those like it's not like fairly tame going into the going into that point because like at that point we've seen. Um, <laughs> a dark forest like enter this main girl's uh yeah. orifices uh so it's like not very tame at all uh but like it was like the first time you'd see for me at least i had seen like some hardcore body horror um like even like i think after like she cut like cuts her face open or, and stuff and then i th- if i remember right she like they leave she the demon, they, like, like cut her arm off or like buzzsaw or with, something like, a... and they, they, they leave her in the shower on like super hot and so she gets fourth degree burns from the shower and so it was like what in the world is happening it's mm, i i was uh i was ready to like shut the movie off and like run away and never think about it again but i had to see if the, she sung the, sung the song from the trailer and she didn't but that's that's you know, a whole nother conversation um honorable mention a- speaking of like not knowing if you'll be able to finish it honorable mention to the basement scene in don't breathe oh, yes uh, yes. No, nope. I'm good. No, nope. I'm good. Nope, 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 no, nope. To be fair, I think if the trailers hadn't ruined it for it ruined it for me, there's some stuff in Lights Out that would have genuinely scared the crap out of me if it wasn't in the trailers. Uh, uh, we'll there's talk still about Lights Out in, though. Yes. Uh we'll get there. Um if this isn't necessarily a scary, quote unquote, scary moment, but like definitely like tension through the roof gripping like oh my gosh i don't want to watch um when the mom goes into labor in the quiet place and is having to like try to be quiet about it because like i've you know like we're uh, most of us are aware of how loud going into labor is uh so like when when she steps on the on the nail you're like oh Oh no, here we go. And like, ah, so, such a good, like it's a five, 10 minutes of the movie, but like, holy crap, that whole section is scarier than some, than some scary movies, like pull off the, their entire film. So like, I'm just, mm, uh, 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 uh. anyway, uh, that, that leaves me with two more. So I accidentally went too hard to paint there. Cool. 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 <laughs> cool. 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 Bet, bet, bet. Uh, oh, so you mentioned Lights Out earlier. Hey, there we go. All I right, do have Lights Out to talk about. Yes. Oh, boy. That, this movie, like another movie that we'll talk about here later. I was trained for a lot of years. If it says PG-13, how scary can it be? And yeah, Lights Out absolutely. is PG-13. 
there was one scene in particular that I have never noped harder in my life of going, no, 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 you're you're breaking horror movie rules. You you can't do that. We have agreed that this is how horror movies do things, and that's not how things do. So basically, the premise of Lights Out is the monster only shows up when there's no light. Like, you turn on a light, they're gone. Turn off the light, they appear. It's almost like that thing of, like, you see clothes on your chair in your room, and you think it's a, a demon. Well, if that was true, it's Lights Out. So this kid already believes that this thing is happening and he believes something is happening to his mom. So the kid is standing in the doorway for his bedroom and as he's looking across the hall to his mom, who's in the pitch black darkness in this like wide shot. And they're just talking back and forth to the scene, cut to the mom, cut to the kid, cut back to the mom in this wide shot. And the mom just says something about go back to bed, sweetie. And then without calling any attention to it, in the upper right-hand corner of the doorway, these long black fingers start creeping around and his head starts popping out from the top of the doorway. But they don't call attention to it. They don't zoom in. They just let it happen while the mom's still talking. going, stop, 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 stop. Kid, run, 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 run. And the kid sees it. So he just closes the door, locks the door, hides under the covers, turns on all the lights he can. I'm just going... Right now, kid, you are me. I am not sleeping tonight because horror movies don't do that. You call attention to the scares and you, like, build up the tension. But they didn't build it up. But it was still scary because it's so unexpected and gnarly. Yes. Of like, ah, it's there. Okay. No, 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 no. Lights Out is a mat. Like, it turns into, it's a very, very simple premise that could easily just be, like, abused and like they only use the gimmick of like oh she only exists in the dark uh, like only a couple times um in the opening and then in the in her apartment um which was a fantastic scene if it did not get ruined in the trailer uh um but like isn't it like right after that scene like she appears she like because so she can just go from shadow to shadow right so she's she's trying to unlock the door and he's locked it and he can't get in uh, she can't get in. Um, so she just goes into the shadows that are in his closet and like, oh, I was like, oh, no, stop. And then don't, like all the lights go out and he has a candle or whatever. And there and you can, oh, she like blows it out. And oh, I'm uh, dude that I need to go back. Lights out is easily like top 10. Like it is so good uh, to the point where I love that. This is really just us gushing about lights out here in the moment here. Um, uh, I love that the climax of the film, or at least you know, you understand what's going to have to happen for the for that for our characters to win, but you don't want it to have to get there. But it's going to have to get there. I love that, like you and I realized it. Like I want to say about halfway in, and both of us were like, "Oh no, no." I don't want this. Don't please don't take it there. Don't do that. Don't do this to that these characters that I've somehow fallen in love with and enjoyed. Like I want to see them win in this scenario. So don't do what I think you're about to do. Curse you, David Fantastic F. Sandberg, movie. for making likable characters in your horror I movie. Know, how dare you? <laughs> a likable character in a movie? No. How dare you go on to success after having a YouTube career? How dare you go on to making <laughs> horror movies and superhero movies? We're not at all jealous of your success and don't at all wish you the best in your future endeavors. How dare you, David F. Sandberg, be a wonderful role model for future filmmakers and creative individuals? 
who really has not missed <laughs> yet when it comes you. to directing movies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What else you got? Because I got two left. So Yeah, I got two left too. Hey, look at that. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, the It. Uh, was it 2018 um, remake? The first one. 17. Not the second one. 17. Yeah, so screw, screw the second one. Yeah. Um, I, although there are some like good scares in that movie. I just don't like that movie that Is much. the first or the second uh, one the funny one with dancing Pennywise? Uh, it's definitely the second one where it's like meant to be scary, but it's also like kind of funny at the same time. Um, but no, like, gosh, there's so many good ones in, in the 2017 it, um, for me as someone who didn't see the, 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 the mini series with Tim Curry growing up, this was my first interaction with the it character. Um, and so like, I know what happens to Georgie, like on, you know, like somebody, somebody told me, you know, though he, he, you know, Pennywise tricks him and drags him under. And like, that's what like starts the entire story. Right. Well, this would have been my first time seeing it. And the way that they pull, they open the movie with Georgie's death, um, easily to me, one of the scariest parts of the whole film, uh, just like the you know what's about to happen but you don't know how it's going to happen um and then them going as far as to have his face change when he chomps down on the arm and rips it clean off and then have georgie try to crawl away with blood coming off of, like that so terrifying to think that like okay cool so like it's not just this guy in a van that's like yeah come on come get some candy it's literally like no because like to me i think the concept of like oh it's just a clown in a storm drain like just walk away like i don't understand but like they do a really really good job of making pennywise in that moment just charming and creepy enough to to where georgie's like i do i really do want that boat like i can't oh is that peanuts a pop, popcorn i love mm, i love a good carnival but like to me that they do a really really good job of selling it to the point where that when he does turn into the monster that he actually is uh it's absolutely terrifying i mean there's a lot of stuff that like in that, that movie that like the dancing pennywise that is like intentional not trying to be scary but is so funny like when they see him on the edge of the river and he's eating that kid's arm and then he waves at them with the arm i was like i take it pennywise i'm trying to be mad at you that's so funny <laughs> but then again it's not like the tim curry one didn't do that either you have prince albert in a can well, you better <laughs> let him out. <laughs> like, that. Yes. or having a talking head in a refrigerator yes. with balloons and you're just going, okay, there's there, a little oh bit of campiness gosh. here. Yes, there, there is that one scene too where he unfolds himself out of a refrigerator. Um, I'm good, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Peace. <Yeah. laughs> oh, no, I'm good. I would have never come back. I would have left Derry and then just never come back. So, as I've mentioned previously with Exorcist 3 and mm -hmm. with Lights Out, I mm -hmm. hate and love when horror movies use editing correctly and unconventionally for their scares. And honestly, this is probably one of the single most famous horror movie scares of the 21st century, if we're being honest. When people think jump okay. scares, modern jump scares... Everyone always goes to Insidious and Darth Maul. I hate that so much. Because 
it I'm takes not, me I'm out. I'm never gonna so call what? him Darth. I'm never not gonna call him Darth Maul because it's yeah. just Darth Maul. It but is. For the longest time, horror fans and regular movie fans are conditioned: light, daytime, safe; dark, nighttime, bad things gonna happen, people gonna die. So yeah. you're having this normal conversation. There's no real buildup. And then all of a sudden, bleh, Darth Maul appears behind Patrick Wilson's face. And you're going, oh, okay. I was thrown way off by that because there was no real. There was kind of a buildup in terms of they were talking about the character and their story. But there mm. wasn't like it was there. And then it's not. Mm -hmm. like you're on edge for the rest of the time there's also there's quite a few good scares in insidious like uh when there she are. thinks she sees the little kid in the house oh, like when he's no. in the in the closet and whatnot i'm just like nope 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 chuck testa um but the darth maul one the problem is the darth maul scare in insidious is so similar to uh, the big plot twist in the sixth sense of there's yes. no rewatchability to this moment because once you know it or have any knowledge that it's coming, once you see that shot of Patrick Wilson sitting in a chin, you're going, oh, yeah, isn't this the scene with the with the demon Darth Maul looking thing? So you're on yeah. you're on guard for it. You're expecting it. Just like sixth sense, you once you know the twist, you it's a different experience with it. So like, it's a great scare. My only downside yeah. is since everyone knows that there's not really a rewatch ability to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm with you on. So what's interesting is I've never seen the sixth sense, but I know the plot twist because of just it's in pop culture and all that. Right. Um, so I'd be interested to see if there was a time where I could go watch a classic horror movie like that and go and just, just see what I think of it because it would be interesting to go into a movie you've never seen before, but knowing the twist um, would be, uh, yeah, that, that mm, and unfortunately, like you said, I feel like would definitely uh, hinder the rewatchability. It would definitely make it harder to enjoy the film knowing what's coming um to kind of round it out with my last one then um there's no way that we could tell what was going to happen at the end of hereditary uh but definitely the mom being on the ceiling and then coming out of a dark corner it is not one of them um like i definitely like the climax of hereditary gets real weird real quick but just the whole section where the mom is chasing um, the son is so scary. Like she, I think she like climbs up the side of the wall of the, of the stairs instead of going up the stairs. And I was like, no, stop, stop that. You're a human. Guess stop it. Not, not. Get some help. <laughs> Get some help. Um, but like, there's a lot of stuff in that, like that final, like hereditary fantastic movie. Um, but like the, let that last, 30 like last 10 minutes or whatever where just everything like the tension breaks and everything you know all hell is broken loose quite literally um when the mom is just chasing her son around the around the building around the house and this like ways that she should not be able to move because i think a big part of that of that is you're not aware that she's already been possessed until she starts doing things and you're like oh 
oh you've been possessed for a while oh no um it's it's just oh, so good so it, it's a scene that i i think about a lot that scares the crap out of me um and not in the same way of like earlier in the movie when the little girl loses her head uh, not because she's angry but because she gets hit by a pole um <laughs> i know i'm josh but let me be frank uh the it, it's it's just just sudden it's not like scary it's like oh oh my they're really going there oh okay cool i guess that's i guess that's what we're doing now whereas like the mom at the end is unnecessarily scary i'm trying to think i think my last movie came out around the same time as hereditary maybe a few years earlier i think some <laughs> no i actually like this movie Ooh, hey what wait hold on you don't like midsummer it's fine but really okay. really overrated okay i'll take that no, i, no, no, I right, think go. they're the parts where they're taking drugs or whatever i'm like ah accurate i would assume um <laughs> like it's incredibly well made but it never yes. really scared me and also it's it's the josh issue of y'all are just stupid just leave like nothing's really preventing them from leaving wait hold on why is that the josh issue because that's the this... issue you have a lot with horror movies of dumb characters are dumb just leave yeah okay that's fair yeah yeah. that's because, like josh yeah, uh, dumb but should to leave. be fair but, but to be fair yeah like there's something scary okay cool uh i'm gonna go deeper why there's no reason to <laughs> that's oh i'm gonna leave that one there um I, th <laughs> I think maybe this one was 2014 or 2015 josh did you ever get around to seeing it follows i did and i did not like it <laughs> it was fine yeah fine i think it's movie. fine but there's two moments in particular that i for the first time since sinister actually i could not sleep that night because of some stuff in it follows so the first one the premise of was it, it follows was it people having sex in a car i mean <laughs> pretty weird um that is weird but the premise of it follows is basically if you have sex this thing will chase after you it can't run but it will never get tired it will swap bodies with other people it will always come after you and the only way to get rid of it is to just have sex with other people and hope that it gets those people first there's no way to get around it yes it's a metaphor for stds but that's just that's what it is um yeah but there's a scene where the main character is talking to her friends and also the real hook is the only one that can see it are the people that are being chased by it. So mm -hmm. anyone else that's not affected by it doesn't see anybody. They don't see a person slowly walking towards them because, again, the thing can only walk. Uh, mm -hmm. So the main the main character is being is talking to her friends in her room. Uh, it's super, super chill and quiet. And one of the characters, one of her friends, is just standing in the doorway talking to her while the main character is just, like, sitting down or whatever. They're talking and talking cut over to the friend who's sitting in the doorway and there's a hallway behind her all of a sudden there's this dude with sunken eyes that walks and merges through the darkness and actually walks straight through her friend like a ghost but there was no like warning no build-up they're just like well yeah. what? they're just talking about the legend of this thing and then all of a sudden it appears out of the darkness and walks through this friend and she's freaking out but her friends have no idea what she's freaking out about because they can't see it um uh, well he's also like when you say guy we're not talking just like 
just like six it's foot. Josh's whatever. worst no, he's fear. Like, it's tall people. <laughs> he's but like no, it's like genuinely like that man was tall. That has like Slenderman. Like, if Slenderman oh. was slightly more human-ish, but like sunken eyes, just like oh, I hate, I hate everything you just described. No, I'm good. Oh no. But no, so no. <laughs> that scene is terrifying because it comes out of nowhere. The other has more buildup, and I think the buildup is part of why it's so scary. So the main girl has sex with her boyfriend or one of her friends to try and get the curse off of her for a little bit. As one does. And so the boy is now the target. They think they've wrapped it all up, but realize the boy is the target now. And so the monster has taken the form of the boy's mom. So the kid doesn't know it's coming. So all of a sudden you see the slow walk of the mom going to the house and just doesn't know how to open doors. So she's just standing in the doorway banging her head banging her head and her friends across the and the girls across the street looking at it through the window going oh, no and so the mom finally gets in the house walks up the stairs and is banging her head on the boy's room and the girl's like no 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 she's so she's hauling over to the house no 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 don't open the door don't open the door it's not your mom it's not your mom dude finally like half awake just like what do you want mom <laughs> The creature jumps out and attacks the kid and basically eats him alive. You're just going, oh, it's just like buildup of knowing what is going to happen yes. and this slow walk, not being able to stop it. And the creature even looks at the girl at one point and just turns back because its attention is on this other dude now instead of her. And you're just like, I don't appreciate this. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I don't appreciate it. Um, I think my biggest issue with it follows was like, like how does it start to begin? To begin with, like it's not like the demon just then picks somebody. I don't. I don't yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it's two very, very like unnecessarily scary moments in a movie that's otherwise like, yeah, it's right, a thing. Um, but yeah, the, obviously. Josh, it's the tall, tall man guy. Tall people are scary. Um, <laughs> actually, I think it's the one thing over at, at Halloween Horror Nights last year that got me to like. Oh run. no, 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 no! Not the only thing. Let us remember how Josh was frozen in fear by the small girl in front of Mel's dying. Oh, screw you! No, God, no, screw you! Oh no, 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 no! It's not my fault. Okay, you were I literally frozen was... with fear. I thought it was just somebody's kid who was like dressed. I was like, oh, that's adorable. And she, she had a bag on her head. Still counts. And made like eye contact with me. And I was like, oh, crap. Oh, no. Oh, no. She like started walking towards me. I was like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Oh, my gosh. It was okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Fine. It's the a only time Josh froze all of horror. And it's like, he just like was <laughs> petrified. At first, he was afraid. Then he was petrified. <laughs> I'd, I'd like I'd, you know hey at least i survived um i will survive um but yeah like it's i, I don't know why that's the thing that's the thing that got i, mean, I don't kids aren't scary i guess i think it was just i don't the, know man yeah it was i think it was just the idea that i thought at first it was just somebody's daughter like having fun or whatever because she was separated from all the other scare actors so it wasn't like 
I would immediately yeah, screw you. I don't need to, I don't need to justify myself to you. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get myself. the full context of this story, check out last year's our visit to HHN episode. I believe it's either episode 150 or episode 151. You should go check that out. It's one of our all-time favorites. That was a good time. Uh, any other last-minute thoughts there, Josh? No, man. I, uh, it's, it's a little sad to be almost done with spoopy season, um, especially since I won't have time to do any haunted houses this year. But um, I will. I'm definitely going to be watching a scary movie tonight. That's not great, but you know, got to watch it for reasons. Yeah, um, so... I'll watch that tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have time tomorrow. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm excited. Like, it's it's cool to see like the world in general kind of be like oh not not the world in general america the world is like, dark oh. scary place people <laughs> it is it, it, it would be fascinating to see if like the I, I i'm pretty sure this happens but like that the whole world um does like halloween which is like i don't know how that works so that's a whole conversation for another day but like i just love that it's one of the one of the few holidays that the entire planet kind of t- all takes part in and it's like a good scare is great it brings people together or in this case makes nathan make fun of me about being scared of a girl for that for the rest of my life it's not the first time josh has been afraid of a woman ah, nor will it, it be I the last for it. No! <laughs> well what do you guys think what are the all-time scariest movie moments you've ever experienced in a horror movie it's got to be a horror movie let us know or movie that you would consider <laughs> not, not a, horror. a horror let us know down in the comments below always i can't remember you guys and as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. Whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, help us get to a thousand subscribers. Help us start that slow climb to a thousand by subscribing to us on YouTube. We've got some, we've got some projects in the work that we're in the works that we're working on, but we'll we'll talk about that more post the two hundredth episode. Make sure we iron out some details. But as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals. <laughs>